Essentially, the so-called pro-Western civilization choice made by the oligarchic Ukrainian authorities was not and is not aimed at creating better conditions in the interests of the people's well-being, but at keeping the billions of dollars that the oligarchs have stolen from the Ukrainians and are holding in their accounts in Western banks, while reverently accommodating the geopolitical rivals of Russia. Some industrial and financial groups and the parties and politicians on their payroll relied on the nationalists and the radicals from the very beginning. Others claimed only to be in favor of good relations with Russia and cultural and language diversity coming to power with the help of their citizens who sincerely supported their declared aspirations, including the millions of people in southeastern regions. But after getting the positions they coveted, these people immediately betrayed their voters, going back on their election promises and instead steering a policy prompted by the radicals and sometimes even persecuting their former allies. The public organizations that supported bilingualism in cooperation with Russia, these people took advantage of the fact that their voters were mostly law-abiding citizens with moderate views who trusted the authorities and that unlike the radicals, they would not actively, they would not act aggressively or make use of illegal instruments. Meanwhile, the radicals became increasingly brazen in their actions and made more demands every year. They found it easy to force their will on the weak authorities, which were infected with the virus of nationalism and corruption as well, and which artfully replaced the real cultural, economic, and social interests of the people in Ukraine's true sovereignty, and Ukraine's true sovereignty with various ethnic speculations and formal ethnic attributes. A stable statehood is never developed in Ukraine. Its electoral and other political procedures just serve as a cover, a screen for the redistribution of power and property between various oligarchic clans. Corruption, which is certainly a challenge and a problem for many countries, including Russia, has gone beyond the usual scope in Ukraine. It has literally permeated and corroded Ukrainian statehood, the entire system and all branches of power. Now let me stop right here, because I, I want you to understand this. And I'm gonna bring this out in another, uh, another podcast. What, what, what Putin is not saying, and I don't, I don't know why he's not saying it, is that the Muslims have taken over this part of Ukraine. The Muslims, 10% of the, of, of the country is Muslim, Islamic in nature. And they have taken over the other 80% of this country. He's not saying this, but this is what is actually going on. And I'm, I'm going to bring this out in another podcast. The radical nationalists took advantage of the justified public discontent in Saddam the maiden protests, escalating it to a coup d'etat in 2014. So the Muslims came in and, and took over the government. They also had a direct assistance from foreign states. The United States came in here and did this. According to reports, the U.S. Embassy provided $1 million a day to support the so-called protest camp on independence in 
on Independence Square in Kiev. Thank you, Obama. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it where it belongs. In addition, large amounts were impudently transferred directly to the opposition leaders' banks, bank accounts, tens of millions of dollars. But the people who actually suffered, the families of those who died in the clashes provoked in the streets and squares of Kiev and other cities, how much did they get in the end? Better not ask. The nationalists who have seized power have unleashed a persecution, a real terror campaign against those who oppose their anti-constitutional actions. Politicians, journalists, and public activists were harassed and publicly humiliated. A wave of violence swept Ukrainian cities, including a series of high-profile and unpunished murders. One shudders at the memories of the terrible tragedy in Odessa, where peaceful protesters were brutally murdered, burned alive in the House of Trade Unions. The criminals who committed that atrocity have never been punished, and no one is even looking for them. But we know their names, and we will do everything to punish them, find them, and bring them to justice. Maiden did not bring Ukraine any closer to democracy and progress. Having accomplished the coup d'etat, the nationalists and those political forces that supported them eventually led Ukraine into an impasse, pushed the country into the abyss of civil war. Eight years later, the country is split. Ukraine is struggling with an acute socioeconomic crisis. According to international organizations in 2019, almost 6 million Ukrainians, I emphasize about 15%, not of the workforce, but of the entire population of that country, had to go abroad and find work. Most of them do odd jobs. The following fact is also revealing. Since 2020, over 60,000 doctors and other health workers have left the country amid the pandemic. Since 2014, water bills increased by almost a third, and energy bills grew several times, while the price of gas for households surged several dozen times. Many people simply do not have the money to pay for utilities. They literally struggle to survive. What happened? Why is all this ha happening? The answer is obvious. They spent and embezzled the legacy inherited not only from the Soviet era, but also from the Russian Empire. They lost tens, hundreds of thousands of jobs, which enabled people to earn a reliable income and generate tax revenue. Among other things, thanks to close cooperation with Russia, sectors including machine building, instrument engineering, electronics, ship and aircraft building have been undermined or destroyed altogether. There was a time, however, when not only in U Ukraine, but the entire Soviet Union took pride in these companies. In 2021, the Black Sea shipyard in Nikolaev went out of business. His first docks date back to the Catherine the Great. Antonov, the famous manufacturer, has not made a single commercial aircraft since 2016, while Yashmash, a factory specializing in missile and space equipment is nearly bankrupt. The Kremlin Chang steel plant is in a similar situation. This sad list goes on and on. As for the gas transportation system, 
it was built in its entirety by the Soviet Union. And it has now deteriorated to an extent that it, using it creates major risks and comes at a high cost for the environment. This situation begs the question, poverty, lack of opportunity, and lost industrial and technological potential. Is this the pro-Western civilization choice they have been using for many years to fool millions of people with the promises of heavenly pastures? <laughs> I like this man. <laughs> He's asking some honest questions. It all came down to the Ukrainian economy in tatters and an outright pillage of the country's citizens. While Ukraine itself was placed under external control, directed not only from the Western capitals, but also on the ground, as the saying goes, through an entire network of foreign advisors, non-government organizations, and other institutions present in Ukraine, they have a direct bearing on all the key appointments and dismissals, and on all branches of power at all levels, from the central government down to municipalities, as well as on state-owned companies and corporations, including Naftagaz, Ukrainian Railways, Ukroborodprom, Urfosta, and the Ukrainian Seaports Authority. Who got through that? There is no independent judiciary in Ukraine. The Kiev authorities at the West Demand delegated the priority right to select members of the supreme judicial bodies. The Council of Justice and the High Qualifications Commissions of Judges to international organizations. In, the, in addition, the United States directly controls the National Agency on Corruption Prevention, the National Anti-Corruption Bureau, the Specialized Anti-Corruption Prosecutor's Office, and the High Anti-Corruption Court. All this is done under the noble pretext of invigorating efforts against corruption. All right, but where are the results? Corruption is flourishing like never before. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Obama. You, you, you did this. You did this. We won't talk about Hunter Biden. Are the Ukrainian people aware that this is how their country is managed? Do they realize that their country has turned not even into a political or economic protectorate, but has been reduced to a colony with a puppet regime? The state was privatized. As a result, the government, which designates itself as the power of patriots, no longer acts in a national capacity and consistency and consistently pushes Ukraine towards losing its sovereignty. The policy to root out the Russian language and culture and promote assimilation carries on. The Verkhovna Rada has generated a steady flow of discriminatory bills and the law on the so-called indigenous people has already come into force. People who identify as Russians and want to preserve their identity, language, and culture are getting the signal that they are not wanted in Ukraine. Under the laws on education in the Ukrainian language as a state language, the Russian language has no place in schools or public spaces, even in ordinary shops. The law on the so-called vetting of officials and purging their ranks created a pathway for dealing with unwanted 
civil servants. There are more and more acts enabling the Ukrainian military and law enforcement agencies to crack down on the freedom of speech, dissent, and going after the opposition. The world knows the deplorable practice of imposing unilateral and illegitimate sanctions against other countries, foreign individuals, and legal entities. Ukraine has outperformed its Western masters by inventing sanctions against its own citizens, companies, television channels, other media outlets, and even members of the parliament. Kiev continues to prepare the destruction of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, of the Moscow Patriarchate. This is not an emotional judgment. Proof of this can be found in concrete decisions and documents. The Ukrainian authorities have cynically turned the tragedy of the schism into an instrument of state policy. The current authorities do not react to the Ukrainian people's appeals to abolish the laws that are infringing on believers' rights. Moreover, new draft laws directed against the clergy and millions of parishioners of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate have been registered in the Verkhonov Rada. A few words about Crimea. The people of the peninsula freely made their choice to be with Russia. The Kiev authorities cannot challenge the clearly stated choice of the people, which is why they have opted for aggressive action, for activating extremist cells, including radical Islamist organizations, for sending subversives to stage terrorist attacks at critical in infrastructure facilities, and for kidnapping Russian citizens. We have factual proof that such aggressive actions are being taken without support, with support from Western security services. Do you hear what this man is saying? Do you hear what he's saying? And we're standing here judging him as being wrong. I'm going to read this paragraph again because he, this is vitally, critically important for you to understand. A few words about Crimea. The people of the peninsula freely made their choice to be with Russia. The Kiev authorities cannot challenge the clearly stated choice of the people, which is why they have opted for aggressive action. So the people who are mad... We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths, given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later.